0: Tuesday, February 28th marks one year since we launched the DSR Daily Brief. We're showing our thanks by providing you with our best sale price ever on membership. Through the end of March, visit the dsrnetwork.com buy and enter code dailybrief to receive 50% off our regular membership price of $50 per year or $5 per month. Members receive access to bonus content an ad-free listening experience, exclusive blog posts, an invitation to join the DSR Slack community, and more. This is a one-time only offer, so act now. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code dailybrief to receive 50% off. Thank you for your support.
1: This is Words Matter with Norm Ornstein, We've got the votes and screw the rest of you. And Dr. Kavita Patel.
2: These might be some of the smaller moments, you know, with all the bombshells. Didn't catch people's eyes.
0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Words Matter, as you can tell and are no doubt disappointed. I'm David Rockoff, who's guest, guest participating in this podcast, because otherwise I would never get to see or talk to Norman Kavita, who I missed and uh, who, like all of you, I love. Uh, of course, Kavita Patel. Dr. Kavita Patel is a former senior official in the Obama administration um, and uh, a practicing physician and world-leading expert on many things. Uh, and today she's at a secret location <laughs> in, in her home state <laughs> of Texas. How are you doing,
1: Kavita?
2: I'm I'm very happy, and I can tell listeners I'm in San Antonio, Texas, trying to help uh, relocate or, or at least find some uh, housing for my parents who are a little stubborn and uh, are in a rent a rental unit that is just consistently not delivering on what I need for my parents. So I'm doing I'm doing the good daughter duty this week. You
0: are a good daughter. You you know you do everything well <laughs> and that is why we 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 <laughs> cling to your advice on all things. And of course we are also joined by Norm Ornstein of the American Enterprise Institute, one of America's leading experts on the Congress and all things democracy. How are you doing today, Norm?
1: I am okay, David, back from uh, time in LA uh, last night. Uh, So at least I'm here in sunny Washington again. Sunny in some respects, Uh, pretty dark in most.
0: Yeah, but dark (laughs) in many. Uh, So let's talk about that. Um, uh, uh, Once again, uh, uh, we have a Washington uh, paralyzed into inaction by a national crisis. Uh, That, of course, is the shooting that took place this week in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I'm picking up that shooting because uh, uh, it, of course, has made the headlines. However, 90-ish days into this year, we have something like 180 mass shootings. So we, we are averaging two a day. Um, This one, like many of the others, involved the use of assault weapons, two two in this case, um, uh, resulted in the deaths of three nine-year-olds and three people in their 60s, as well as the shooter. Uh, And the response of the GOP leaders who uh, were approached on this ranged from Kevin McCarthy literally running from crowds of people trying to ask him about it, saying, you can ask me about anything, but not that to uh, Senator John Thune, who is uh, sort of leading the Senate Republicans while Mitch McConnell recovers from uh, a fall, uh, saying, uh, no, it's premature to discuss this, even though more Americans have died from gunshot wounds uh, in the past several decades than in all the wars we fought in all time. Uh, And, you know, you also had uh, the Republican representatives of the state that was affected by this uh, with their own responses, including one who said, now we're not going to do anything about this to the congressman from the district, um, essentially defending the Christmas card he sent out in which he and all his family were brandishing assault weapons as you really want your kids to do. Um, I just, I mean, you know i I, i'd like to offer some highfalutin political analysis but that's up to you two guys to me this is just deeply fucked up kavita
2: yeah i mean i i don't i don't know how to say it better you're right it's uh to just underscore how deeply fucked up this is um before this recent nashville incident there were like over 30 you mentioned the just the mass shootings but there were 33 incidents of gunfire that has occurred at schools that resulted in eight deaths in just 2023 alone keep in mind we're as we're recording this we're still in just March of 2023 and firearm injuries are the leading cause of death in children in the United States and I want that to like let listeners let that sink in so these are firearm injuries both at and away from school just to be clear but the leading cause of death, which I think if you had asked me, well, Norm, you know, David, what's the leading cause of death in, you know, younger age group would have been, oh, motor vehicle crashes, trauma. That would have been the reasonable answer until 2020 when firearm injuries took it. So not only are we failing our children, but just, I, I, I was not in the White, I had left the White House, but, you know, Norm, David, I remember Sandy, I, I don't know How many ways that I felt like, okay, there's a moment in time with Sandy Hook and having watched, you know, Barack Obama, who I worked for, knowing who, like, who that man is and how much this not just shook him, but the country and the country needing comfort. There was a small part of me, even though I'm like a veteran DC person, that thought maybe that, maybe this time, maybe this time we'll do something. And I now, I know this sounds terrible, I no longer have hope. I just don't have any, I I don't think that there's any policy will to change your comment about the GOP reaction. Norman, I can, you know, we've talked on our Words Matter podcast about this really horrible kind of association with mental illness and firearms and guns. No, it's guns that are the problem. I mean, mental illness is a problem to be clear in this country, in this world. Guns are the problem. And I'm, I don't even know, David, when it happened, I, um, and I have a friend who's a trauma surgeon in Nashville and this school, just for, just for, just to say this um, is in an affluent area. There's actually video footage that uh, if, if listeners have a chance, it's on Twitter, it's gone viral that kind of shows what the police did and, and what they did to kind of diffuse the situation. And I think that more people need to understand, you know, also what, when you see someone that has been brought in by trauma, like what that looks like. And my friend that was the trauma surgeon in Nashville said that their entire hospital was like on standby. But again, there was no need to open up an operating room because the children were dead, the adults were dead. And how often is this becoming like all too familiar in our narrative?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's, 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 it's all too familiar. What is stark to me, to use the term, that came up this morning on cnn norm is that the republican leadership uh seems to be willing to say nope we're not doing anything about this they've okay. become completely bald faced they, they they you know i mean occasionally you'll hear somebody say well it's actually mental health but you know if any reporter had the temerity or the you know sort of common sense to ask them what do you want to do about mental health They'd say nothing. They don't, they don't want to do anything on that either. But 90% of the American people support common sense gun, gun, gun control. So why do you have a bunch of politicians doing something that is so politically unpopular except outright corruption and the need for that NRA money to pump into their veins?
1: So... Uh, there's so many rants I want to do here. Uh, Let me first go back. When uh, Kevin McCarthy ran from the reporters, it reminded me of the Uvalde law enforcement who ran from the shooter after having uh, taken huge sums of federal money to be trained to deal with this, the good guys with guns. Um, When uh, John Thune said it would be premature That, of course, is right from the script with every single shooting we have seen. It is always premature in their minds to discuss this because it's their only way out of it. The only words you could think of uh, when it comes to what John Thune said are despicable, deplorable, disgusting, unfit for anybody in public service. Now, we have Lindsey Graham, applauding the police and saying, good guys with guns work, the police in Tennessee. Yes, they work after six people, including three nine-year-olds, were shot, shot with weapons of war. And let's not forget the governor of Tennessee, Bill Lee, the despicable governor of Tennessee, who has applauded and lauded what Tennessee has done, which is taking us to, in a, a, to another point, it's what Texas is doing, what other states are doing, which is not just acting to do something about gun violence, but removing even further restrictions. This shooter got seven guns despite a history of emotional trauma and illness. And you know, to follow on what Kavita said, yeah, it does. Mental illness play a role in some of these shootings including, let me note, the vast number of suicides done with guns, which uh, if no guns were available, many of them would fail. And lots of people who attempt suicide and fail at it say, gee, it was impulsive. We didn't mean to do it. Doesn't work when it comes to guns. But they're removing restrictions. They're letting anybody without any background get any kind of weapon. And We're moving in backward rather than moving forward with this mental illness. Every society in the world has problems with uh, people having uh, different kinds of brain diseases. We have zero evidence that there is more of it in the United States than there is in other countries. And yet we're the only one that suffers from gun violence. What does that tell you? We have a controlled experiment that it is guns. It's not mental illness. And then let's add the other despicable element here, which is the number of people, including Marjorie Taylor Greene, of course, and Tucker Carlson, reliably Tucker Carlson, jumping on the fact that this shooter was a woman who identified as trans, and they're blaming it on that, when, of course, the vast majority of these mass shootings are done by white men, but then they say it's mental illness. And I, like Kavita, have lost hope. If multiple mass shootings of young defenseless children doesn't move the needle, what does it tell us? One thing it tells us is that the NRA reigns supreme, despite the fact that they should have been put out of business and in bankruptcy, that it's an utterly corrupt organization, along with the reality that it is a despicable one. But it's not just the money, it's members of Congress who know better, fearing what happens when an organization like the NRA, which refuses to accept any kind of gun safety or Uh, gun protection legislation, if you deviate in even the slightest way, and they go against you, you're going to lose a primary or you're going to face wrath from that small group of fanatics who believe uh, that there should be no restrictions whatsoever. It's a sickness in this society. It's a sickness in our form of governance. And yet, I just don't see much happening.
0: Yeah, wasn't the NRA supposed to go bankrupt a little while ago? Yeah, didn't didn't the NRA like traffic yeah. in Russian money? You know, yep. and 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 uh, you know, act on behalf of a foreign enemy. I mean, how how did they survive this? I mean, I don't I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it.
1: I don't either, and this is one where I would like to see the Justice Department step up. We know that Wayne LaPierre basically soaked the organization for large sums of money. We know that others did as well. We know that they committed campaign finance violations, major ones. Why are they not brought before the bar of justice? We know that in New York, their uh, certification was taken away as an organization. But nothing seems to change and nothing seems to happen. There are so many failures here in this society. We are alone on this front. And we should add one other thing, which is there. we have data here. You know, um, Congressman Donalds of Florida, one of the more ridiculous statements said, we shouldn't operation, operate on emotions. This is all about emotions. We need to operate on facts. When under the Clinton administration, we had a ban on assault weapons, violent mass shootings dropped dramatically. When the Republicans uh, eliminated that ban, Not only did the number of assault weapons go up dramatically, the AR-15s, but the number of mass shootings went up dramatically. And with the use of this weapon, which is not a sporting weapon, it's a weapon of war that causes unbelievable destruction in the body, that is the weapon of choice in these mass shootings. We have facts and data. They don't matter.
0: Yeah, I'd personally like to see a foot race between... Merrick Garland and Marcel the shell, um, the, the small snail <laughs>
2: character. But you're, you know, uh, David, your point about the NRA and the, um, you're, you're right. It took like a hit in uh, 2021 with like revenue that dropped, but it, it basically just took like, all it did was shuffle money from kind of parts of its 501 C3 and pushed it into its lobbying arm. So this is like a they just did a shell game. Yeah, they had a drop in revenue that was pretty significant, but they still were able to put out like, I mean, Mitt Romney was one of the top recipients uh, in the last election cycle, something like 15 to 20 million dollars just to Romney alone, David. So there's just not uh, all of this is public information doesn't necessarily sway anything.
0: But so so what do we do? You know, I mean, just buy, (laughs) buy bulletproof vests for our kids
2: buy those backpacks that that, that are, you know, have Kevlar in them. I mean, teachers, uh, yeah, get the teachers armed, which is what, after Uvalde, like, I mean, since I'm, you know, Texas, that's what the uh, conversation was for still is. And now in Nashville, same thing. Like now they're talking about like, Oh, should we arm the teachers, which no, I, I I mean, I don't know. I've, I've asked Norm the same question, David, I'll ask, I'll put it back to you. Like, so if there's not political will, then, You know, we can do hard things in this country. We don't have to always have political will, but doesn't seem like even the mass public wants to do kind of the hard thing. Like if we just completely protested, I mean, I I don't even want to leave it to election officials, but if we, at least for the sake of schools and safety, if we, you know, every single one of us that like has any sort of touch point on schools in in any fashion, like if we actually like took a stand and said like, like we're not going to actually... We're not sending kids to school. I know that that's not a luxury that many people can afford, but in parts of the country where we can actually like protest in some way with our children, we, we just don't, we don't do it. I don't do it. I, I don't know. Cause I feel paralyzed. Like, I, I, you know, do, I don't, I don't you know? know. it.
0: And I would, I would pose this back to both of you. What can we do? Um, you know, when I saw this again yesterday and I realized the corruption that underlies it, you know, I returned to, an old favorite of mine, which is that if we had publicly financed okay. elections, none of this would happen. Um, okay. But of course, we're not going to get to publicly financed elections. Uh, Mike Bloomberg okay. at one point charged a very heavy tax on uh, sugar sugary drinks. Yeah, and could we double triple the tax on ammunition on weapons? Okay. Create we talked about that. Um, yeah, we talked about that. Is that, a, is that a possibility? Can we somehow mobilize voters in such a way that if somebody votes for the NRA, regardless of party or takes money from the NRA, they just simply don't get a bunch of votes and all of a sudden they see this as a hit? Norm, what, yeah, what you would know, let's,
1: let's look at a couple of other, I mean, there are a lot of sensible things that can be done. First, let's remember that we have a Supreme Court that in the Heller decision, on the one hand, said, yeah, you can have some restrictions. So it is constitutional to ban assault weapons. But at the same time, they basically, these originalists, wrote out the key clause of the Second Amendment about a well-regulated militia. And that's been used by states around the country to remove all restrictions. At the same time, we had briefly, after... uh, you know, another one of these horrific shootings, the one in Florida. We uh, banned bump stocks, these things that allow you to jerry-rig a weapon to have, uh, to be able to shoot multiple rounds. Uh, And now it's back. Their uh, bump stocks are back. All of the very sensible things, with the very modest exception of a little bit of gun safety legislation that passed in the last year, uh, we're we're backsliding. And while there are things that we can do, and I actually do think, you know, we have 400 million weapons out there. The number of AR-15s uh, has uh, gone up dramatically since the uh, ban was lifted. It's gonna be very hard to get rid of them. In Australia, after they had a mass shooting, they basically got all of those weapons off the table. They bought them back. They ended it, period. They don't have mass shootings now but we're not likely to do that. And you're absolutely right. The, the way to go is bullets. But remember, even restrictions on things like cop killer bullets, the ones that are most devastating that spread inside the body to create maximum uh, wounds, we can't even restrict those right now. It's pathetic and the blame fits directly, falls directly on the Republican Party of the United States which is the one that blocks any sensible gun restrictions. And that includes, and let's go back, You know, we had uh, Joe Manchin, who had a perfect record from the NRA, uh, and Pat Toomey, a conservative Republican, perfect record with the NRA, put together modest gun proposals in the aftermath of another one of these horrible tragedies, and it couldn't make it through a filibuster in the Senate. So even when you have uh, an appalling incident that creates a reaction, the Republicans are able to use the filibuster and uh, their fear of the NRA to block anything from happening as states take us further to the dark side. It's uh, it's appalling, but right now I just don't see a way out.
2: Gavita? no i i, <laughs> I mean i I'm le- looking for more answers than I have solutions, unfortunately. I agree with the tax. By the way, David, we did propose when I worked for Senator Kennedy, we did actually propose a bullet tax, and I'll be honest with you, Democrats didn't want it either, and it was for this fear you know, it wasn't even just the n r a David. It was this fear of any one Democrat who signed on to support this would get targeted by the nra but then also targeted for even if it was a heavily democratic district and who cares what the nra thinks of you that could actually you know elect like i think aoc would tell you it's a point of pride that like she's on the nra hit list so to speak for not you know being in a candidate that they oppose but there was so much fear-mongering about judiciary appointees I had to spend time diffusing a tweet by then Surgeon General nominee, Vivek Murthy, who was up for Obama's um, Surgeon General, because of a tweet about gun control as a public health epidemic. His nomination almost went down, and there's countless others. So there's just this, I, whether it's reasonable or not, fear that nobody can control about the spillover effects, even beyond the individual candidate. And that was actually a conversation that came up in the Obama administration. like. We've got X number of judicial nominees up. We can't do anything on guns right now because we need to get those people through. And I don't think that's off base with what's happening today.
0: Well, I just, you know, I mean, something obviously has got to change and, you know, giving up and saying, "Okay, we have 400 million guns now. We're going to have more guns than people for the rest of our lives. And we're just going to have to spend a lot of time figuring out how to get our kids to adjust to the fact that they're doing schoolroom shooting drills uh, throughout their lives, it, it just doesn't make sense. And, you know, frankly, I think part of the responsibility here begins with, uh, uh, since Republicans are unlikely to change with Democrats, and I, you know, being, uh, you know, I, I, perhaps there should be a litmus test with the judges that we support. Perhaps we should not support any judges who um support these broad nra provisions. Uh certainly we should change our rhetoric. You know and this is I'm I'm an extremist on these views. I I will say this. I don't believe anybody should have a gun who's not in the military or in the police force. I I think that you know people who say no but I'm a hunter I think it's barbarian. We shouldn't be hunting. I think people who say no I collect guns or I'm a law by I don't care. This is a civilized society. It's the 21st century. There is no reason to own a gun in our society. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think we could we could use some stronger um, rhetoric on that. The, there is a problem, which is a Democratic presidential candidate, and I don't blame the Democrats. This is on the Republicans. Democratic pr- presidential candidates regularly run for office and say, oh, yeah, I'm a supporter of the, you know, hunters doing what they want to do and blah, blah, blah. This is just running in fear. We shouldn't be in support of any of that. There are just too many people dying 30, 40,000 people dying every single year because of this kind of thing. And, uh, you know, it's because we have a gun culture. And if we don't alter the culture, which begins with leaders and words and images, um, we're never going to get this fixed. It's just deeply horrifying. But you guys are, as ever, um, uh, illuminating on the subject. And that's why I know so many people listen every week to Words Matter. Uh, Unfortunately, I
1: want to make one additional uh, point. We shouldn't uh, let a couple of uh, institutions off the hook here. One, of course, is the gun manufacturers who are funding the NRA. And legislation which would hold the gun manufacturers accountable when their weapons are used in these mass shootings has been thwarted at every turn. That would make an enormous difference. Can can we do that on
0: the state level?
1: You should be able to do it on a state level. And I think, you know, obviously, California would be the one to do it. Um, The second is, for a long time, uh, among the strongest proponents of... uh, restrictions on guns and and, uh, bullets were police and law enforcement, because they were the ones who had to deal with it, that you had criminals who would have weapons that could go through their vests and could cause great damage. Police unions now, because this has become a large part of our culture, tribal war, uh, are now in many instances and sheriffs uh, on the other side of this, it's insane for them because they're vulnerable, but, you know, it's our side is for this and that's what we're going to do. And that's added to the obstacle of making anything positive happen.
0: Well, I think, you know, you, you may be on to the, the core issue here, which is liability of gun gun manufacturers, yeah. because if you go after this in the way you went after big tobacco, I mean, that changed the culture. Yeah. Um, and. There are plenty of states where the you have Dem, Dems in the legislature, Dems in the go, go, governor seat, uh, who could could make this um, uh, both happen and extremely costly for gun manufacturers. Kavita, you want to have a last word here on this issue before we go?
2: Sure, I'll I'll, I'll give a last word with something that uh, unfolded with my six-year-old daughter, who's kind of in that like phase of play and going to other people's houses. After And and everybody hears about shootings and we've all gotten used to talking to young children about them. One thing she said to me, and I'll close with this, she said, mommy, I don't want to go on play dates because I I don't want to have to worry about something bad happening at someone's house. And I said, oh, what do you mean by that? And she said, well, what if I'm at someone's house and they have a gun and something happens to me and you're not there? And I thought like of all the things in like the parent manual for a six-year-old, I thought I'd have to do this was not one of them. And it was like one of those moments. And she said it with like a very matter of fact, David, just to your point about like, what are we doing to train children? Like, this is a six-year-old. This is how they think because this has become part of like their everyday life. She doesn't know any other history. And and think about the, you know, just think about that. I'll stop there.
0: No, it's heartbreaking to think about that. Um. Uh, Well, um, you know, we're going to go on talking about this. I think there were some decent ideas here. I hope that they proliferate. Um, uh, And I am grateful, as ever, uh, to have a chance to get back into a conversation with both of you, Kavita and Norm. I'll be here also in next week's program, and we'll continue this discussion for now. uh, Thanks to everybody for listening. Thank you, Norm. Thank you, Kavita. And uh, keep tuning in to uh, all our other podcasts. Bye-bye.